Welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. And a very warm welcome to all of you once again listening via our major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Podcast Index, and RSS.com, the latest episode of Shooting for the Stars. Brought to you by a good folk here at Southern Cross Business Advisors. Louis Bulzomi here with you. And I do say it's a very warm welcome. Probably should say it's a very hot welcome to this episode because whenever we talk about property, it's always hot. Hot property is the thing. And coming in from the Southern Cross Property Advisors division of our great team, we've got Clem DeRosa. Welcome, Clem. G'day, Louis. How are you today? Always well, my friend, especially when you're in the hot seat. And right beside him... Noel Costa, welcome, Noel. Thanks, Louis. Okay, so hot property. Well, they've talked about the doom and gloom for so long about this bubble that's been around for so many years, but it just doesn't seem to want to burst at all. But when before we get to that, and just a little bit about um, you know all the naysayers and the lies that seem to go around at the traps, we want to talk about people getting into the market. They might have a bit of cold feet getting there. They they get so excited about what they hear in the media and on the news about how great property is, but they don't really have, and to be fair, they don't really have the, the right strategy in place to be able to just jump on in. You can't just seemingly jump in. You're just pretty much going to the deep end without knowing to swim. Is that right, Noel? Yeah, that's right, Louis. I mean, we, we speak to a, a number of clients and, and in order to ensure that they do make the, the, the right decisions and get good information, it, it can be quite overwhelming, actually, that process. And and as a general instinct, you know, we, we start looking for property as soon as we believe we're in a financial position to, to buy a rental property or investment property for that respect. But I think it's really important to sit back and, and ask ourselves why. And for most clients, it's just retirement planning. It's that simple. It just makes sense. We know of someone who has an investment property. We should be looking at one. We have some equity in our home. We have good incomes. It just seems like a common sense approach. And that is largely the motivator to buy an investment property. But there are other motivators as well. And, and some people look at it as a, it's like taking an insurance policy. So rather than paying so much a year in life insurance or, or, or whatnot, uh, why not contribute that amount towards a property? And then there is an asset at the end of it that you can potentially use for retirement planning or as a bit of succession for the next generation. So that works well. Some of the, the motivations also are around our children and where do they want to be when they go to uni. So it'd be nice to be able to uh, buy a, an apartment or a, or a property whereby they could, they could use that down the track rather than paying rent. So that's often a motivator as well that we see in a lot of, a lot of meetings. Um, and, and the final one we sort of see is it can be used as a, as a business succession plan or, or some kind of a succession plan for the family legacy the family wealth, whereby we have situations, we're in a farming and horticultural community where we're looking to transition assets and, and, and a lot of mums and dads are there, they want to provide for their, their children that aren't working on the farm and, and having those off-farm assets provide some equality there in terms of distribu- distribu- distribution of their wealth to the next generation. So it's pretty much just hedging your bets for the future, isn't it? I mean, uh, bricks and mortar has always been said as a, a very solid investment, no matter uh, what highs there are and what lows there are. But do you feel that, especially in uh, recent years, obviously with COVID and uh, the fear that the markets were going to really, really crash, they, they pretty much didn't crash. They just took a little hit early on 
and then came roaring back to record levels. But do you feel that uh, a lot of people, especially in your experiences dealing with, um, with potential buyers and clients, have that fear of missing out and that's what kind of drives them to get in? That was certainly the second phase of, of coming through COVID. Once the uncertainty dust settled, there was certainly a fear that, well, hang on, a lot of the owner-occupiers entered the market and um, were prepared to buy with a little more confidence. And, and what that normally happened after, after six or 12 months of the owner-occupier market, then the market begins to obviously increase in price. Then the investors start to um, get a little bit keen and it grabs their attention to say, well, hang on, there's actually now some upside in this property market. So we're, we had a situation where we had investors competing with owner-occupiers as well in the marketplace quite aggressively. And if we take Majura, for example, probably you know, they talk about a peak before Christmas, but there's still, there's still a lot of demand out there, isn't there, Clem, at the moment? There is a lot of demand. And, and really what's happened in a, in a market like Majura where it's not a, a large market, uh, the demand quickly just you know, swallows the, the um, supply up you know, really, really quick. So then we go back to that real emotional part of, of, of dealing in property. So we have that emotional side which most of us carry because, you know, we all live at a home and we all have opinions and so forth. And then there's the commercial part of, of property and having a commercial approach and, and, and talking about what thing, what Noel had just previously brought up and what brings that commercial side to, to the attention of people. But then that emotional side comes into it as well. So um, that really plays a part in... In, in properties such as Muldura where they are small markets. And that's a part of just getting into the market and, um, and, and having that longevity in the market. Because from an investment point of view, part of the, um, one of the stats that I'll, I'll quickly bring up is that 50% of investors will sell their investment property in the first three years. So you know, whether that's on the back of you know, poor due diligence or they just want to enter the market and give it a go, they haven't got that support um, around them initially when they, when they do go to purchase, Noel. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I look at um, not only do you need to have some clarity about what you want to achieve, um, we look at did the property actually meet your risk profile? Is it, is it the property that, you know, we often have couples and, and husband and wife have different risk profiles as well and mm. that's part of the work that we do to just, just to work through that, that psychological perspective of, of borrowing and what's perceived as high risk with a lot of knowledge and information eventually can become low risk. And that is, an, that is an example of that, where initially, as a society, we are scared to take on debt. Yeah. There's a lot of commentary around interest rate rises. There's a lot of commentary around how the banks interpret and, and how they assess loans. So there's a bit of fear-mongering in terms of, of debt, but we know our wealthy clients, there's one thing they know how to do, they know how to manage their debt. Yeah. And, and it's low risk because... They become informed, knowledgeable, and they can manage that. So that's important. The other thing too that, that we offer clients so that before they get started is, is our Investor Ready program. So that's, that's a program where we come in, we can assess them as of today. Let's get you Investor Ready in case you're not quite there yet. So we put together a 90-day 90 90 day plan, action yep. plan. Yep. And from that action plan, there's, there's dates and there's some little key milestones we need to hit. And some of them are little things, some of them are, are, are big items that make, have a big impact yeah. on the way that they will be assessed and how they can manage their loan. So, so what we find is that so that that statistic doesn't appear for our client base in terms of 50% of clients sell within the first three years, 
we do a lot of that heavy lift, lifting at the yeah. start. It's almost so, so they know it at the start, yeah, isn't it? And also it they is. don't find out three years down the track that all oh, these little bits and pieces pop up and this doesn't quite suit my lifestyle or my profile, that they're actually coming across it, you know, from the start of it, from the – so they know that they, this hurdle will come up and are you, you know, ready for it? You know, yes, you are because you've put the right, um, you know, things in place. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, and with the right team in place too because yep. obviously the uh, – the main thing, you know, trying to fly blind on your own is uh, not uh, – trying to fly blind on your own is definitely not recommended in the first place. I mean, some people can do it and good luck to them, but it's all about that team and, the, and that's why we have experts in certain fields. Imagine if we all knew the same thing mm. and the world, I reckon, would be pretty boring. Yeah. So then in terms of, um, of that team, and I sort of mentioned it before, it, it can easily become overwhelmed when we're looking at and researching yeah. properties and – not many of us have the time to roll up our sleeves and study the vacancy rates, study the days on market trends in certain markets, study the certain rental yields for certain properties and speak to property managers. So therefore, it's important that we do have yeah, the right people around that. us. Yeah. You need to know there's a body of information there to help, help make a better decision, give yourself a better than average chance. But that's where we have support right. have that team, isn't it, Clint? And then you know what the market looks like. You know what what does it look like when you actually enter the market? And there's a there's a few different um, strategies that are used, um, you know, by agents or developers out in the market, where you can obviously buy a property off the plan and might take a year or or two to have that completed. But you're entering into a a market a marketplace at a certain price and then have a certain product. You may gain some equity in that property in the next couple of years with you know just putting down a 10% deposit um, obviously go to the established market and there's they can sell by a range and you get involved in that you know uh, range market and you may be subject to some pressure there as far as um, competition so understanding how that works and how to position yourself um, and be ready with with banks etc and then also you know there's auction campaigns and as well and you know, um, if if they're um, short auction campaigns, um, they can they can really favour um, buyers that are, are ready financially and and set with their finance. And it's a good opportunity to take in a short program where you, if you're able to bid, because it obviously takes out a lot of the the buyers that are buying with with conditions as well. Now, so um, there are some avenues, but you need to understand them as well. So there's some knowledge around that as well. Indeed, and, uh, and I'll bring up a, a hypothetical scenario right here. I'll cast our minds back 10 years. She's an investor, has got $600,000 ready to plonk into real estate, and she's considering two courses of action, either buying in Sydney or buying in Darwin. Yeah. Now, 2012, the Darwin market is absolutely booming. It's thriving. Things are going gangbusters there, while the market in Sydney has slowed and it's been a bit subdued for the last few years prior to uh, 2012. And Fair to say that 2008 wasn't a good year for, uh, for Sydney with the global financial crisis. Now, what does this investor do? Because this decision will impact on her financial future. You know, and we go back to that fear of missing out again. You know, Darwin's going so well, do I just invest in there? Or take the more conservative approach, get the right advice. Yep. Maybe Sydney's more her fit. Let's say you, was. Yeah, so it's interesting that you look at those markets and, as I mentioned earlier, investors like to... To jump into lukewarm water or, or warmer water. So when it's a bit cold, investors will just sit back and watch. And But often that's where the opportunities lie. So we're going to touch on how to, how to identify a hotspot in a later podcast. But there are precurring 
trends that yeah. can be identified prior to an area increasing in, in price. And some of those leading indicators are things like days on market, vacancy rate, rental yield trends. Yeah, a lot of those um, indicators are happening in the background too, aren't they, Noel? And, um, and you don't really get the opportunity to, to view those unless you really dig deep and, and, and have a team around you that can do that research for you because they, they are hovering in the background, whether it's a, you know, a new railway station, getting a school being built or whatever the case may be. It, it, it may be you know, a government um, initiative that may be just in the background that if you get in early, that's where you, you reap the benefits. So the astute, the astute investors are aware of that. Um, the, the first time investors need some more evidence that the market is actually on the move. So they need to see the market already increase 10, 15, 20% before they'll actually jump in it. And, and, and sometimes that is, that is a missed opportunity of, yeah. of missing growth. Yeah. So, and I think what's your favourite saying there, Clem, in terms of time and timing? Yeah, time so it's, um, the one thing is timing. So, you know, when to get into the market, which we don't really know exactly. So it's, but it's really the word is time in. So you need to have that you know, 10, 15, 20 years in the market to really um, benefit out of property. And in, in that 20, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, you, you will see ups and downs um, like all markets. But on the whole, there'll be a, you know, significant growth you know, towards the end. And I'll just read out a stat you know, nationally that um, house prices over the last 25 years um, have risen as an average of 6.8, which is around about 20,000 a year. Um, without even using, you know, leverage as well, Noel. Yeah, that's right. So you know, that, that's a dollar value based on the median price that you can create $20,000 worth of wealth. But by using leverage and, and borrowing 80% from the bank, those type of returns are equivalent to 25 to 35% per annum return. So it's quite powerful for the property investors and the ones that do that really well. But the other thing that, you know, we speak about the time time in the market is that we have we still have – clients that ring and, and try and pick the cycle, say, look, I, you know, I think we're on top of the cycle, it's time to sell, or this is the bottom, it's time to get in. And um, I've had a lot of clients that haven't acted because they believe they're we're, at the wrong end, yeah. Yeah, we're on the wrong end of the cycle. And yeah, there's a lot of economists that can't pick the cycle correctly. So for us to sit back and say, yep, this is the cycle, it's time yeah. to get in, there are certain indicators to understand that. But that's from a macro perspective of the property market. There are little indicators within every city. Like Melbourne's got over 350 suburbs. So there are various statistics within every suburb of Melbourne which may indicate that some suburbs are a more strong buyer than others. Even though it may be, if you look at the property cycle in general, it may be on the, on the way down if that's the perception. But however, you look at it, in a more granular format, you'll see that, well, hang on, there's some opportunities here. So, so it's important to take that into account. And we often talk about the property market as one market. And, that, and that's really where um, the astute property investor knows that it's not. Yeah, yeah, you can't look at it like that. So really, in a nutshell, no, it's going back to having the, the, the years in the market, isn't it? Because you will see these trends um, come in and out. Um, and if you're in the market all that time, you'll see some good upsides, you'll see some little dips, but then you'll see some more upsides and it's just a matter of hanging in there. Which goes back to the whole managing debt yep. uh, scenario as well and, uh, and be able to have that financial capacity to ride out those storms. Well, it is. And, and one, of the, um, one of the 
stats and a lot of publicity around about interest rates and rises in interest rates. And, and if you look at the actual t- statistics since 1990, there's been seven rate rise cycles since 1990. On each of those seven occasions, and this is reported by Terry Ryder, the property market continued to increase. So the, the leading headlines to suggest that increase in interest rates will cause a fall in the property market, there's actually no direct evidence of that. Um, my personal opinion is it certainly will slow it and markets have already been reset and some markets will fall but not to the extent of what's been publicised. The term bubble, property bubbles, been bandied around for as long as I can remember, as long as I've studied economics. So it's understanding that the the, the headlines and information out there, we just need to stop and dig a little bit deeper beneath it. When these markets change, in my experience, it just seems to be that the the days on market seem to, you know, stretch out a little bit more and you just haven't got that that heat. But the the prices normally stay, you know, thereabouts as a bit of an indicator in when markets change. Yeah, and we're starting to see that in early 2022 as well. Some of those clearance rates are not as high as they were, especially last year when we just Mm. saw massive record numbers just flying off every Saturday was just an auctioneer's dream pretty much. And then yeah. uh, this year they have started to slow a little bit, obviously the uh, the heightened anticipation of the of an interest rate rise happening this year as opposed to 2024 with the inflation numbers coming through. But um, but you're right. I mean, a lot of the time those median house prices don't seem to fall all that much. If they do fall, it's not a crash. It's nothing drastic, yeah. Yeah, so uh, and going back to the Sydney Darwin example, so that investor from 10 years ago, you know, would she have, if she had gone into Darwin, she would have looked at annual growth just below the national average of 6.3% or around that nearly 18,000 mark. But Sydney bounced back pretty well in 2014 and onwards, 7.6%, which is 0.8% above the national average and around almost $35,000 a year on year growth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that's, you know, that, that's the evidence and the numbers. So, so just to recap, Louis, what, what we're really – assisting clients is how to get into the property market. So part one is really ask, you need some clarity around why. What's the strategy and what are we trying to achieve? Because that helps with the decision. Um, Be well informed and help manage those risks that will be perceived or that you may may encounter during the process. The second part is the research. So you either roll your sleeves up, do it yourself, or you engage a team of people around you that you trust. They can do that high level of research to ensure that you don't become a statistic that sells. And part three is the buying process. And there's a lot of value captured just in that buying process. So if we can just walk those three, three takeaway messages really is why property, the research component and the buying strategy. Um, if, you can, if you can really think that, that through, um, that really will reduce the, the risk of, uh, of selling before you, before you need to. Yeah, and that's looking at uh, all markets, isn't it? You know, because I suppose locally you might you might think you have a, a good handle on the local market, but there's a lot of other markets as well. And if you're getting into investing, it, it's it, it's a great idea to 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 look at all markets. Yeah, well, a great example is uh, for those who want that uh, traditional sea change, everyone's looking at Byron Bay and, and how well that's taken off in the last few years. But then there's another little gem just a few kilometres north, or a few hundred, maybe a couple of thousand up in Queensland called Yapun, which uh, news has uh, suggested that could become the next Byron Bay. So, you know, people thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to look at Byron Bay. It's a beautiful area. But forget about little Yapun, which could become a... Could be the next one. Mm. Well, before we wrap up 
today's episode. Uh, any other further uh, little tips of the trade that you can give out to investors right now without giving too much away? Well, I think it's all about becoming investor ready. So that's important. This program, we have clients that receive a lot of value out of our, our little program to ensure that they're clear on why they're getting into the market, how much they can borrow, and is it achievable? And, and when. So put some deadlines around that as well. So the takeaway message is be investor ready and we're more than happy to help educate our clients and meet and sit with them to, to work through that process. Yeah, I'd, I'd back that up to get investor ready and get into the market and, and from what we spoke about today, being in the market for a long time and having some strategy about your, your property um, portfolio and being an investor um, is going to hold you in good stead. Indeed, and it's all part of our client-exclusive offering called the SCBA Investor Ready Program. Get yourself in financial shape in just 90 days. If you want to find out more about how that program can be tailored and suited to your particular circumstances, be sure to come in and see us at 234 Deacon Avenue, Mildura, or give us a phone call 03501864444, or drop us an email admin at scba.com.au. And if you wanted to be more property specific, just ask for the Southern Cross Property Advisors team and get in touch with Property Project Specialist and Licensed Estate Agent, Clem DeRosa. Thank you very much Thank you, for being on again with us here, Clem. And of course, the Managing Director of Southern Cross Business Advisors, Noel Costa, always an honour to talk to you. Thanks, Louis. And I'm Louis Bulzomi, signing off on the latest episode of Shooting for the Stars. As always, our clients all have life goals and we're here to help them identify and achieve them. Goodbye.